Well, we don't have to pray for Keith right now, but we can. Uh, let me tell you what happened. I'll get back up here so you can see me. I waited with, I don't bite my nails, but I would have been if I thought it would have done any good. I'm sure Cheryl was doing the same thing till 1230 or 1 this morning, waiting to hear the results of their test yesterday. They started at 12.30 yesterday. Kyle's looking at me with bated breath. I think he already knows the answer, though. They probably texted him. Uh, They started at 12.30 lunchtime yesterday and got done at 12.30 a.m. last night. Exactly. That's how long their test took. That's a long test. So um, we were praying for uh, energy and rejuvenation and wisdom and all the things. And that's at the end of all the two weeks of them doing all the things that they had to do. But they passed. So they are now typed 7X pilots. Which is no small task. So uh, they are ready, I, I would imagine, to uh, get this 7X so they don't have to lose what they know. <laughs> so, no, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll tell you more about it. Uh, they were going to come in, but as you can see, the snow and weather and everything else is everywhere around. And the minister's meeting starts on Tuesday. So they're already there in Fort Worth, so they're just going to stay and go right into that and uh, start that on Tuesday because he'd have come in today and had to turn around and go back tomorrow. So I would love to see him, as you know, but I would more than anything, and this is something that everybody needs to know, safe that I can see him next week alive is better than dead that I see him in a coffin in three days. You understand that? So everybody live by those things, right? You know, don't just be so hyper that... Oh, I have to do it now, and I have to see him now, and I haven't seen you in all these things. You know, be wise in your decisions. I want to see him, yes. And we were talking late, late last night, and we were talking early this morning. But uh, so we, neither one of us got a lot of sleep. So if I say something twisted, you'll understand why. <laughs> so, uh, but they did it. They're done. And he goes right into the minister's meeting. So... Yes, yes. So let's just pray for them. And uh, they're going to use these next two days or three days to rest and uh, then go into from flying to preaching. So some days he gets up and he says, Phil, am I flying today or am I preaching today? You know, so uh, but uh, he's used it. It's been a tool for us to be able to get to the places that we need to get, you know, and uh, we wouldn't be able to have he wouldn't have done this church and that church and all the things that we do and go around the globe and all the ministry that he does. And uh, it's been a definite tool for us to be able to do all the things that we do. So, Father God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Oh, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We know we could do nothing without you. But we're not without you. And we thank you for that. I thank you that the guys did super well on their test and that you helped them through it. And I ask you for next week. I ask you to give Keith utterance. Show him now what he needs to do for next week to minister to these ministers, Father. Give him the utterance. Give him the words. 
Give him the anointing that he needs to say to help these guys as they minister to their ministers, Father. We ask you for these things. Refresh them, Father, and help them to get through this, pass this, and move forward. We thank you for doing that now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. It's been, a, you know, like I said, a nail-biting couple of weeks. Because um, I don't know if you know, Kyle understands a little bit, probably better than a lot of other people. Do we have any other pilots in here? Yeah, that's flown big aircraft. You know, the little ones are good. Keith, Keith said, Phil, I'd like to just be flying a 172 right now. <laughs> you know, because um, it's, it's, it's different. And these ones that are, have all the, what is it called? Um, what, what's all that new avionics stuff called? I don't even know. Fly-by-wire stuff, yeah, all that stuff. It's quite different for them. And so uh, it's like I remembered, I told him, I said, Keith, it reminds me of when you were playing the piano in healing school decades ago. And um, he, had learned, he had played piano by ear since he was three years old. He played piano by ear. He never read music at all. But then um, he had to start playing. Somebody volunteered him to play in healing school for Brother Hagen. Well, he didn't want to do it because he knew, you know, he was missing notes and he could hear the notes he was missing because he played by ear. But somebody said, well, have Miss Cherie teach you some music. You know, well, she was teaching him and it was like he had to start learning how to play all over again because you're playing with chords and you were just playing by ear. So it's like you had to stop learning everything you knew and restart learning it a totally different way. Well, that was kind of how this was. And so it was a little bit challenging for them, but they got it. So they got it. So, well, today, last week, does anybody remember? Remember what we talked about? Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time for what? Fellowship. To learn who your people are around you. To learn how to get with people. To learn who your neighbor is. Did anybody find out who was sitting next to him this week? Oh, yeah. 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 Most everybody is saying, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, today, I want to talk about one way that Jesus did it. Do you know... There is a lot, a lot, a lot of times in the Bible that it talks about that Jesus was moved with what? Compassion. Compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion toward them. Now, I want to know something. Does Jesus being moved with compassion quit when you get saved? I think some people think so. Because a lot of people get to a point to where they start believing for things and it doesn't happen overnight. And instead of falling on his mercy and falling on his grace, they get mad at him. And if Jesus would give something to somebody that wasn't even saved and said he was moved with compassion with him and heal 
the woman who wasn't even their nationality and give her crumbs, why wouldn't he heal you? Why wouldn't he meet your needs? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. They were singing that song, Standing, and I almost got up then. I was checking my heart, but the deal is, standing means not wavering. Not wavering. Standing means that you ask the Lord for something and you believe you receive it and you you believe you receive it today and in 10 minutes you still believe you receive it. And tonight at 7 o'clock you still believe you receive it. And tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock you still believe you receive it. And the next day when you're hurting really bad, you still believe you receive it. And tomorrow night at 7 o'clock when the creditors call and say they're going to take your car, you still believe you receive it. That's what standing means. The problem with us is we've been trying God. This is not my message. We've been trying God. And and if we, we try God and we ask Him for something and then a symptom comes and kicks us in the shin and we don't get what we're believing for, we start doing what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. What did they do? They start reasoning in their head. They start thinking in their head instead of going to their heart and knowing what the Lord told them. They start thinking about things. Well, what about? Well, what about? Do you know who is the God of well, what abouts? Mm -hmm. How many of you in here will be honest and say, I have been believing for something for over 10 years. And it hasn't happened. How many of you will be honest and say, you've almost got mad at God about it? Hands everywhere. Do you believe if you will change something that you're doing, that he would hear your prayer. And let me tell you what you need to change. It's one simple thing. Quit relying on you and rely on him. It's real simple. You're trying to figure out how to make it happen. You're trying to figure out And think about it. And make stuff happen in your life. And that's not how we get stuff. Sarah and Abraham, what did they do? 
They counted. They did what? They counted him faithful who had said it to do it. And that's all you have to do. And you have to forget about it after that. What did Sarah do? This is not my notes. What did Sarah do? She reasoned in her head and she did what? She tried to make it happen on her own. And when it was time that the Lord was ready for her to have it happen, what happened? Huh? It just happened. Wasn't anything that she needed to do. Just relax. Brother Hagen used to have this saying. Don't make it happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. So all you have to do is relax and do what he tells you to do. If he tells you to do something, don't be concerned that you're missing it because I guarantee you he would do just like I would do Rob. This is how I would do Rob. Rob, I told you to do that three times. Get to it. That's how God will do you if you're missing it. If you need to hear him, that's what he'll do to you. You won't miss it. Only way you'll miss it is... If he tells you to do it, and you, he looks at me and says, No. No. <laughs> That's the only way you'll miss it, guys. It's not complicated. Don't complicate it with God. The devil will tell you 10,000 other things. But if God tells you to do something, he will hit you and he'll say, Edward, do this. Yes, and he, do, he doesn't do it. <laughs> then he'll tell him again, Edward, do this. And he doesn't do it. And he'll wait a little while and he'll say, Edward, do this. And he doesn't do it. The only thing that will stop Edward from getting what he's believing for is if Edward refuses to do what God tells him to do. And if he's not hearing him, he'll go, Edward! I'll do it. He will do whatever it takes to get your attention. He's God. He can get your attention in the way that you need attention to be gotten. I guarantee you, if Keith wants my attention, he's going to get my attention. Do you not think God is more faithful than Keith? What about your spouse? How many of you husbands got a wife? You know where I'm going. Why'd you laugh so hard? Uh huh. If your wife wants your attention, does she know how to get your attention? Is God more faithful than your wife? Huh? Does He love you more than your wife? Yes, He does. 
Is he going to stop quicker than your wife's going to stop? He don't nag, but he will do it in a loving way. I'll give you an example. This is in my notes for today. Compassion. So we'll start. Compassion. It's his compassion for you because he loves you so much. He will do whatever it takes. Jonah. Why? What did he do? Jonah. Does he know how to get your attention? Huh? He told Jonah to go to Nineveh because there were some people there that weren't listening to him. They weren't listening. He said, but I know their hearts. They have good hearts. And I think if you'll go talk to them, they'll change their minds. Jonah says, oh, no, because I know if I go tell them that they're going to change their minds and I'm going to look like an idiot. So Jonah ran. He ran, 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 ran. So he got on that boat and told him, I know why this storm's here. It's because of me. Throw me overboard. And the guys threw him overboard. (laughs) Now that's some friends, buddy. (laughs) Throw me overboard. And they threw him overboard. And everybody says different things. But a big fish swallowed him up. Now, was that God being mean? Tell you what it was. Same thing I'm going to tell you about yourself. It was God giving Jonah a second chance. Amen. That's right. God is a God of a second chance. Thank you, Jesus. He will give everybody a second chance. I'm so thankful for a second chance. Aren't you? Yes. So glad. A second chance. So if you didn't do what he told you to do the first time, he's liable to send a big fish to swallow you. Or something to get your attention. You may think it's punishment. But it's mercy. To get your attention. To give you a second chance to do what he said do. You reckon Jonah thought it was punishment to get stuck in that belly of that stinky fish? But he said, Lord, if you get me out of here, what? I'll go do what you said do. How many of you have said that? Been in some situations, Lord. If you'll give me another chance, I'll go do what you said do. That's mercy. That's the Lord having compassion on us. So he went back, he preached to them, and guess what? They repented, got saved, and came to the Lord. The Bible in in different translations says they were bullies, they were evil. So here's my question to you. 
Do we got any bullies and evil people in the world today? Has the Lord been telling any of us to go preach to them? Or minister to them? Or love on them? You know, when Jesus was walking the earth, people picked on him. Because he let a lady that was basically a prostitute pour oil on his feet. And the people thought he was crazy. But what did he see? Her heart. Her heart. He saw a tax collector. And what did he see? His heart. He went to anoint David as king. They saw everybody else, but what did he see? His heart. What do we see when we go out into the world? Do we? Do we? Do we see thieves and robbers and druggies and people that pull out in front of us (laughs) and get in front of us in the grocery store line? Or our neighbors that come over our property line by three inches? Are there dogs that get in our yard and poop? (laughs) What do we see? What do we see of the outside world? How do we see them? How can we minister to someone when we've already judged them? What if someone had already judged you before you got saved? Somebody stand up and tell me in here what you were before you got saved. That was bad. If you're embarrassed, don't stand up. What you were. Go ahead, Daniel. Worldly drug addict. What if nobody had ministered to you, Daniel? Probably be dead. Yep. They didn't, they didn't judge you. They ministered to you. Thank you, Lord. Somebody else. Worldly drug addict. Stoner. Over there. Yell it loud. Drug addict. What if somebody didn't minister to you? Be gone, probably, huh? You. Heroin addict. Overdose. Heroin addict. Overdose. Drugs and alcohol. What if somebody didn't minister to you? You wouldn't be where you are right now. Somebody else. Drug dealer. What if somebody didn't minister to you? Where would you be? Be dead. Be dead. Be dead. Go ahead in the back. Everything. (laughs) I love you. Everything, everything, affairs, go ahead, 
Anybody else want to share? I got something going. Anybody else want to share? Go ahead. Suicide. Suicide. Go ahead. Party girl. Too. Party girl. I'm a liar. liar. Cocaine. Co- cocaine. Oh. Parties. Alcohol. This is not to give glory to these things. No. No. It's to tell that somebody had to minister to these people you, to get them where they are today, yes. ministering to other people. If somebody would not have ministered to them, or I'm using the word minister, but I should be using the word had compassion on them. Amen. Had compassion on them and loved them, they wouldn't be where they are today. Has anybody ever had compassion on you in your marriage? Yes. Yes. Has anybody ever had compassion on somebody that had an abortion? I know people I've had compassion on. Every one of these things we should be ministering to people on every day. How many drug addicts today could use people praying for them that they were able to get free. Interceding for them. Brother Hagin used to tell us this all the time. How can somebody get free free unless somebody prays for them? How can somebody get set free unless somebody cares enough for them to have compassion on them to even know that they exist? Our world has so many drug addicts in it today. Our world has so many alcoholics. My dad was an alcoholic most all my life. I know what it's like. I grew up in a family that was prescription pill takers. I know what that's like. But if you don't have compassion on people and love people, they're not going to change. If all you do is judge people for what they're doing, they're never going to change. I didn't say you had to give in to them all the time. But you should have compassion on them. Because if you... How many... I've said this before and I, I know it is something that needs to be repeated almost daily. How many of you have... Let's see I can, how I can say this. How many of you drink more coffee than you want to drink? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have eaten two pieces of pie when you wish you'd only eat one? Uh-huh. 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 How many of you could lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds? Why is that? Because you eat more than you want to eat. Those are all the same thing. They're, they're addictions of some sort. How many of you watch more TV than you want to watch? Uh-huh. How many of you stay on the Internet more than you want to stay on the Internet? Uh, you don't have to even raise your hands. I already know the answers to these. <laughs> these are all addictions of some sort. Yes, they are. And to judge somebody, I used to drink 12 Cokes a day. I worked in a bakery. 
And that's all they had. We didn't have water in there. We just had a soda machine. And it was so hot in there, you couldn't hardly breathe. So I was just drinking continuously, and I got addicted to them. And I cut them off cold. I looked at Keith one day. I said, I'm done with them. I, I, I said, I'm done wearing these fat pants. <laughs> done. And I cut them off cold turkey. He, couldn't, he said, Phil, you can't cut them off like that. I, I said, you watch me. Done. And I cut them off cold turkey. Headaches galore. I don't drink soda anymore. Now, I'm not going to say I would never drink a soda like once every, how often? Twice a year, once a year. I might, if I have to, drink a soda. I don't drink them anymore. But there's other things I'd like to change. But the way you have compassion on other people is by recognizing that there's things in your life. Bring it back to yourself and recognize there's things in my life that ain't perfect. That Jesus has to have compassion on me every single day to help me pay my bills. To help me get up every day and be well. So I could take some of this compassion, the same as Jesus had, and use it for somebody else. Instead of getting mad at that lady because my bill was twice as much as it should have been, I can go in there and I can say, I know y'all have had a lot going and you're probably shorthanded the way things are right now. But I just wanted to show you this and see if there was anything we could do to work it out. Do you understand that? Got mighty quiet on that. I've told you this story before. Put Donna on the screen. I know she's there. She's always there. Donna Ashley, Bob Ashley's wife, Donna Ashley. Y'all all know her. She's always there. Where is she? Somebody find her. Here we are. There she is. She'll let, keep the camera on her because she's going to attest to this fact. We first moved to Branson. We were li- living in a little rental house. I don't remember the exact details. I'm sure Donna does. But something, put, keep her on the screen. <laughs> They've already seen me. Keep Donna on the screen. She's prettier than me anyway. Um, Bob and Donna has been with us since our first service. I didn't know them. We had over 500 people there that day, so it was impossible to know everybody. But we were in a little rental house, and um, there was an elderly lady that was letting us rent the house. And um, she, I don't remember all the details, something about we were supposed to pay all the utilities or something, I don't remember, but we didn't do something. And I was trying to do everything at the church by myself at the time. And I was also trying to do everything on that house because I didn't have a lot of help at the time. I was the only one there. And then Dave showed up and um, I started putting him to work. But I didn't really know him. I had just met him. But um, So I wasn't going to have him go pay bills, but I had him take care of everything at the church while I went and paid bills. And so I went down to, uh, what is it, Branson Electric? Empire. Empire Electric. And Donna was there. 
And um, I went in there and I said, I don't really know what happened, but I got some kind of cut off notice or something. I don't remember what it was. And she was there. And I went in there and uh, I just said, I need to take care of this. I don't really know the situation, but I need to take care of this and, and pay this. And later, I don't even know how much later, Donna told me she was watching me through the whole thing to see if we were somebody she would want to be her pastor, how we handled that situation. Is that correct, Donna? Wave your hand. I didn't know her, and she was the one that I was dealing with. Now, what if I had gone in there? What if I had gone in there? I'm busy. I'm working. I'm running. I'm irritated already because there was a guy coming around the theater, Dave remembers, trying to tell us he owned everything in that theater and he was going to take it from the walkie-talkies to the chairs. And I had just dealt with that and then I had to go deal with her. Now, you can take something that somebody did before that situation and carry it over to that situation. And take it out on poor Miss Donna and her not even know what's going on. And she's just trying to do her job. Would that have been okay? No way. I would have lost our best guitar player and our best help. They've been there with us 20 years. That would have been a stupid move on my part, don't you say? Some of our best help, give them a big hand. We're glad they're here. Thank you, guys. All right, so but you understand what I'm saying. Don't take your frustrations or your lack of finances out on somebody in a store. Be compassionate on them. Because who knows, you may have to go back in that very store or you may meet them somewhere or they may come to church and sit right beside you on Sunday. And you may have to witness to them. And can you, if you've been ugly to them in that store, would Jesus do it? You know, we used to wear those bracelets. What? W-W-J-D. I hated when people wore them. And let me tell you why. Because they weren't doing what Jesus would do. And I think, take that thing off. It's embarrassing. To my precious Jesus. Because you're being ugly and you're, you shouldn't do that. We truly need to represent the compassion and think about how compassionate he's been to us. Now, when which disciple was it said, how many times should we forgive? I know which one it was, but do you remember? My favorite. He's just like me. Oh, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive them? I'm done with them. How many times do you have to forgive them if they mess up on your bill? How many times? You're not getting it all. 
70 times 7 in what? How many times is that? 490 times in one day. The same day. So if Dave makes me mad 490 times in a day, God forbid I have to forgive him. (laughs) If I want to be like Jesus. If I want to be compassionate like him. But here's the thing. There's somewhere in the Bible, I've heard it. I know it's somewhere in there. Something about reaping and sowing. Something plays in the back of my mind. Is it in there? Yes. It may not be with that person, but you may want somebody to what? What if you're having a bad day? I've done it. I've had bad days before. I know you don't believe that, but I have. (laughs) And I've been short with people. But I always say that word. Always. Do my best to go back and ask them to forgive me. As quickly as I can. I'll either text them or I'll, I'll say... Sorry, I snapped at you. I shouldn't have done that. If you miss it, how quickly do you want to say, Oh, God, I missed it. I'm sorry. I repent. How quickly do you want to do that? Why would you wait? It's even more than that. Because... Is God omniscient? Does He already know that you did it? Well, He's hoping you're not going to do it. He always has hope. He's a faith God. So He's always hoping you're not going to do it. So why would you not say, Oh, God, I missed it. Sorry, I repent. Just instantly when you mess up. Even though you don't say it to somebody else, why wouldn't you say it to him? Somebody give me an answer for that. The devil! He doesn't want you to repent because he wants you to keep from getting what you're believing for. And the longer he can keep you from repenting, the bigger a deal it gets in your life and the bigger he can keep you from getting what you're believing for. That's the only reason. You're saying pride, but it's not pride. Are you proud in front of God? I don't think so. I don't think most people are proud in front of God. They know they're not bigger than God. Why would you be proud in front of God? It's just the devil. He doesn't want you to do it. He does not want you to do it. So as quick as you can, go to the bathroom, shut the stall, and say, God, I'm sorry, I repent. Quickly. Then it'll start helping you to get all the things that you're believing for. 
all the things that you want. Now, why didn't Jonah want to go do that for those people? He knew how faithful God was. You haven't gotten what you're believing for, not because God is not faithful, but because you are the one that's going, and this thing we're just talking about. Be quick. Be quick to say, it's not me, Lord. I repent. That's not me. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. Say that. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. Now, how many in here that raised their hand that said some... I'll, I'll put it this way. How many had someone, besides just a church, minister something to you that got you saved? Was it love? Was it love? Yes. Was it compassion? How many of us think that we can do that sort of thing with somebody else? How do we do that? We talked about it last week. First, you have to make an acquaintance. You have to get to know somebody. You have to get to know that person that you're mad at because your bill wasn't right or that pulled out in front of you or that your, your neighbor that, like I said, that fences over the line. A good opportunity to love on somebody. Oh, it's okay. It's three inches. We can solve it. Da-da-da-da-da. See how quiet it gets? We'll keep it that way on paper, but you don't have to move the fence. See how quiet it gets? But we're, we're too so happy. We're two, what's mine is mine, and nobody's going to take it from me. Do you know why that is? Do you know why people are so sue happy? And why people are so, let me see my Bible here. They get something, and they do this with it, and they won't turn loose of it. Because they don't have enough. They don't have enough. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough things. Some people will never have enough. Bible says the flesh is never satisfied. So it takes a heart change. The minute that you change your heart, that people are more important than things your things will begin to grow. The minute, say that with me, the minute, the minute that, I that I decide, decide that, people that people are more important, are more important than things, things. My, things my things will begin to grow. Begin to grow. Not until. We've had people that work for us for decades. 
And I'm going to say, most every single one of them, I remember Susan told it recently. She's coming in today. Told it recently. I'm going to tell it. It won't embarrass her. Not long after she started working for us, we were shredding stuff. And um, I think most every staff member's done something. But this was something that embarrassed her. I could tell something on most every one of them. But it was when we didn't have a lot of money. That's why I'm telling this one. We didn't have a lot. We were just kind of breaking even. And we were cleaning out a bunch of old stationery because we had moved to the new place. We had moved from Branson to... um, I mean, we had moved from Broken Arrow to Branson. And they asked, could they burn a bunch of the old stationery and stuff? And I said, sure. You know, it's just taking up space. We didn't have a lot of space. And and, um, she said, okay. So she piled it all up. I don't know how many boxes. Does anybody remember how many boxes it was? Anybody remember? Lots. Dave goes, lots. Huh? Yeah. It was lots of our stationery and envelopes. The new stationery and envelopes all got burned. That's when you decide which is more valuable to you. People are things. Now, every person in here, every person in here, I could go down the road, every person in here is going to have tests like this. Personally, your business, before it grows. Every person in here is going to have them. And some of them are going to be big, and some of them are going to be small, depending on where you are. And it's going to depend on what you do as to how you come out. Now, I could have called Susan in. Susan, you know who Susan is. She's the one that led music in Branson for decades. Okay? Kind of reddish hair sometimes, kind of on the front row. Beautiful voice. You know who I'm talking about? Okay, Susan. Miss Compassion herself. I could have called her in, said, I'm taking it out of your salary. That had been the end of it. How many of you have ever made a mistake? (laughs) That thing keeps playing in the back of my mind. Again, something seems like it's in there about sowing and reaping. That's it. What do I want to reap if I make a big mistake? Compassion. Mercy, forgiveness, 
I said, it'll be all right. It's just paper. We can get some more. We've had them do everything under the sun. Major problems. It matters that you look at the heart. It matters the motivation behind something. It matters the heart behind something. All of these things are going to happen to you. What do you do with these situations that happen in your life? Do you blow your top? Whether it's with your spouse. A lot of times it will happen with a spouse first. I remember one time. We had been having a lot going on and. I don't know how it happened, but anyway, I wasn't moving as slowly as I should. And uh, we were getting ready to go on a trip with Brother Hagen, and I threw Keith's pants into the washing machine, and I washed his billfold. Anybody else ever done that sort of thing? Oh, half the women in here is raising their hand. And I came out, and I don't know why it hit me this way. I was just sobbing and crying. And he said, Phil, come here. And sat me down in his lap. He said, that money was just dirty. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on how you handle things as to how God's going to handle things with you. You've been having some rough handling in your life. How you been handling things with people? Your spouse, your co-workers, compassion, love. If we get love and compassion in our hearts, then we'll be able to minister it to drug dealers, drug addicts, uh, suicide people, Everybody we come in contact with because it will ooze out of us. If you don't have it in you, it can't come out of you. What you're full of will spew out of you. If bitterness and madness and selfishness is all that's in us, guess what's going to come out of us? Bitterness and anger and selfishness is all that's going to come out of us. So what are we going to minister to the world? I can't hear you. Bitterness and anger and selfishness. How many of us could use a little more compassion? All of us. All of us. But we have to practice it. We have to practice it. So what we have to do is when Jade irritates Edward, his first words has got to be compassion. I love you. Compassion. When Edward irritates Jade, first thing he's got to say, oh, compassion. I love you. Compassion. I mean, you have to make yourself do that. Your flesh is not going to want to do that. But you have to put your flesh under and make those things come out of you. 
You have to see things the way Jesus sees them. You have to be compassionate to the one that's being ugly to you. Or the one that did you wrong. You have to be compassionate and loving to them. You've heard me tell it multitudes of times. There's been people that look like most people wouldn't want to talk to them at all. And I make it a point to go up and speak to them. Why wouldn't you want to talk to them? Because they have green hair or they're all goffed out? Are you afraid of them? I, I don't get too afraid of people. You know why? I've got these great, big, huge, gigantic angels that Amen. follow me everywhere I go. Yes. And if I'm supposed to be there, they're there. Now, if I'm not supposed to be there, I shouldn't be there. But if I'm supposed to be there and I've prayed and I know I'm supposed to be there, then I don't get afraid. We're not supposed to live in fear. But we should be strong enough to minister to people that God tells us to minister to just by walking up and say, Hi, how are you today? Good to see you. Welcome. What's your name? Why would you be in fear to walk up to a stranger and say, Hi, how are you today? Why? My mother, my mother, how many of you in here knew my mother? Few people. Miss April knew her. April, was she afraid of anybody? No. No. (laughs) Did she ever meet a stranger? No. No. I get it honest. She never met a stranger anywhere. She was pure Cajun and Cajuns ain't afraid of anybody. (laughs) We have got to be that way. We've got to not be intimidated because somebody has a different color hair than us or a different color skin than us or a different color outfit than we've got or they don't dress like us or they don't look like us or they don't talk like us or they don't wear the same color clothes we do. We've gotten too much into they're not a Christian, so leave them alone. They don't talk like us, so leave them alone. They don't walk like us, so leave them alone. They don't smell like us. Stay away. They stink. I remember Danny Gokey telling a story. Do you remember the story, Dave? Danny Gokey tells the story about his wife, Leah Set. Y'all all know who Danny Gokey is, right? Danny Gokey said his wife is probably... Somebody want to guess at her age, 30 years old? I'm not going to say too old, but 30 years old, maybe. And he said she'd been around people her whole life. And said one night she was going to a nightclub. And said, 
This girl said, she asked this girl, would she go to a nightclub with her? And the girl said, sure, but I have to go someplace first. Would you go with me? And she said, where? She said, to church. It was the first time that Laisset had ever heard about church, heard about God, heard anything about going to a church, been invited to a church, told anything about those things from anyone, and she was 30 years old in America. Now, do you find that hard to believe? I don't think Danny lied. So his mission now is to tell the world about God. It's going to be a sad day when the people that we work beside, the people that does our hair, the people that works on our car, the people that does our nails, the people that work on our teeth, our doctors, our lawyers, our Indian chiefs, whatever, all go to hell. Why? I had some things happen recently. I was just in total shock about. I went to my dentist office. I have witnesses. I don't have to... I went to my dentist office, and I want to see how many hands in here this has happened to. My dentist and her assistant gave me a birthday present. Has that ever happened to anybody? Gave me a birthday present. One person said yes over here. I'd never had that happen before. I went to another doctor the other day. And before I left, she bear hugged me before I got out the door. She bear hugged me. We have to have something exuding from us. Do you understand that? We can't be so consumed with ourselves that we have no time to think about anybody else. Now, Dave, Jordan, y'all know this last week, Shireen's has been the same. Was it a busy week? It was, it was quite a busy week to where you could, it could be real easy to get consumed with what you have to do. But when you're around other people, your job is never to be consumed with yourself. Our job is to be consumed with the needs of others. And the moment that we begin to get consumed with the needs of others, oh, there's that thing again. Sowing and... 
God gets consumed with our needs. The moment that we get consumed with the needs of other people, He gets consumed with what you need. So when you walk out of your house, you should never walk out if you're bitter and mad. You should take care of that at home. So that when you walk out, everyone that you come in contact with gets to see the WWJD. You know, the, the kind person, the one that y- you want everybody to see. You know, women put on their makeup so they don't, nobody really gets to see their true face, you know. Well, you want to put on the new man before you go out of the house. You know, you want them to see, no, that's not true. You want to be that person all the time. Before you get out of bed in the morning, you need to pray through until you don't have any of that stuff in you. You need to stop, like I said earlier, and say, Lord, I repent for letting that get in my mind. Quit letting stuff get up here in this head that shouldn't be there. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit justifying your way. Let God take care of you and you take care of His. If you'll do that, I don't have me days. I don't get a day to go to the spa. I'm nothing wrong with it. I just don't have time. I'll get well when I go to heaven. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. Don't write me letters. If you want to go to the spa, go. My time here is too valuable. Do you understand? i got too much to do. I don't want to lose one person that could go to heaven that I was supposed to do something to help get them there. Because I'm going to stand before the Lord and He's going to say, why didn't you minister to them? You came in contact with them. Why? They're in hell. You don't think you're going to have to answer for that? Guess again. It's not a guilt trip. It's a fact. We all are going to have things that we're going to have to answer for. But if you'll do what he tells you to do, like I said, don't feel guilty about it. Just do what he tells you to do. There's no guilt trip. Nobody's blood's going to be on your hands except for the person that he told you to minister to. And if you said minister to them and you did it, you're good. If they didn't accept the Lord, not your problem. But if you did what he told you to do, you're clear. And then here's the good news. You want some good news? The minute that you put other people's things first, other people's things first, other people first, other people's desires first, it gives him Floodgates, doors, windows, avenues to flood you and help you. 
it looked like in the beginning you don't have the money to do it. It looked like in the beginning you don't have the avenues to do it. That's what's called faith. And taking that step of faith. When you started, did it look like you could do it? When you started, did it look like you could do it? No. When you started, did it look like you could do it? No. It never looks like in the natural that we can do it. But if we'll take that step and do what He tells us to do, He will meet us. And then He comes back and multiplies things back to us. And meets our needs, our healings, our kids, our minds, our bodies, our healings, our finances, our marriages. Everything we need, He comes back with His compassion because we gave compassion. He comes back with His compassion and floods us and gives it back to us. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet. Y'all got something you can sing?